Hello. You walk into a church and down the aisle comes the bride and the minister says, I join you together for good and for bad forever. But then it doesn't um, end up to be forever until death do us. But something happens along the line and you part ways for whatever reason. I don't know. It's not always a good time. But anyway, you can always find your way out of there. Now, this is Book Talk, and I'm your host, Anthony Borore. Today, we have a guest who has authored the book, guiding you on how to meander along even after the not forever comes to an end before it's forever. <laughs> ah, the book, we're going to find out soon. So, without taking one more minute, we are going to meet the author and her book. Her name is Dorothy. So, Let's invite her. Are you ready to hear about this book? Here we go. Dorothy. Hello, Anthony. Good mo Well, good morning. It's morning here in Denver, Colorado, USA. Yes, and it's evening here in Athens, Greece. And it's good to see you. Great to see you. Yes. Um, this is Book Talk, and we are glad to have you here. Always good to see one book or the other, and you have a book that you we'd like to discuss with you. The one that you authored, and I don't know, when was it authored? Um, it came out in September of last mm -hmm. year, 2022. Okay. And the book is known as Midlife Divorce Recovery, Finding Fulfillment When Forever Ends by Dorothy Welty. And I hope I said that right. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. Okay. Uh, now... <laughs> This is not a subject that is discussed on every single platform, every other platform every day. So, but, but it, it comes that time that uh, you just have to discuss every aspect of life, uh, the bath, uh, the processes of life, even the end of life, we discuss everything. So I welcome you to this show to tell us about this book. How did it come to be that, that you're dealing in, with this subject? Well, there are several things that brought it about. Um, in my previous career, my main career for many years, I taught psychology at universities and colleges. And my area of specialty was human development. So in that field, my specialty was adult development. And within that, involved getting acquainted with research on marriage, divorce, parenthood, all those types of things. 
So I have an academic background in it. But what really launched my effort to write the book was my personal journey through a midlife divorce at age 50. Um, I've been through many challenges in life. By far, that was the most challenging. So, and, and that was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, it took several years, I think a good six years for me to recover. And then more recently, when I left my academic career job to coach, um, to do retreat facilitation and to write, this was a subject close to my heart. And I decided to write my first book on midlife divorce um, as a, it was really a labor of love to be of service to any other woman that's going through that. Um, I wrote it to be a practical guide with a lot of practical information, but I also wove my own personal journey through the book, hoping that it would serve as inspiration to others that you can get through it and actually come out the other side even stronger and better with a very fulfilling life. Mm. So it's a story that you've been through that you come to share with the readers here. And I ask this because going into that institution of marriage is something that you had faith, you believed in it. How was it and why, how did it come to end and why? Well, you know, I was born and raised Catholic okay. um, and they do not believe in divorce. They do, the Catholic church even today does not acknowledge divorce without an annulment. So, and especially the generation I grew up in, I mean, you know, I was, when I said I do, I thoroughly intended it to be forever. Mm -hmm. um, and I had dated my husband for four years before we married. I was 28 when I married, so I wasn't real young. I mean, I, you know, and so mm -hmm. when I finally made that choice to marry, it was definitely on my side intended to be forever. Um, what happened, you know, and because I intended it to be forever, I remained married for 22 years because I was loyal and faithful to those values. Mm -hmm. um, it played a huge role in my staying married for as long as I did. Mm -hmm. What really brought it to an end was I discovered very early in the marriage that my husband seemed to have a drinking problem. Um, and over time, it got worse. Mm -hmm. And nevertheless, I hung in there, you know. <laughs> I, you know, for a time you think you can, you know, many women think they can change their husbands, you know. So in early in the marriage, I thought I could influence him and change, you know, get him to change. That I did that for a few years, and then I realized that really 
was affecting me negatively to be trying to, and it just doesn't work. So then I decided that I would kind of go about my own life and, you know, faith and prayer and hope that he would come to realize he had a problem on his own and address it. Um, Needless to say, that didn't happen either. And over the years, it got worse and worse and was affecting the marriage, the family, the children, everything. Uh, And finally, to the point, you know, the the day, it was a long time coming, but still, I, I was reluctant to do anything about it in terms of ending the marriage. Mm-hmm. until there was a particular day where I witnessed something with my younger son. Um, I was off for the summer from my teaching, and I had become rather depressed. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was always a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I got up one morning, and I literally just sat catatonic at my in my bedroom in a chair until I heard a noise outside my bedroom window and we lived on in a beautiful home that backed up to the woods and I heard something outside I turned around and saw at that time my younger son who was 12 years old shirtless with an axe just going at a tree. And it was obvious to me that he was full of rage and he was just going at the tree. Mm. I, you know, sat there for a minute. I got up, I walked outside and without even breaking his stride, I said, you know, what are you doing? I knew, but I needed to ask that as if I needed to hear confirmation Mm. for what this episode was telling me. And Mm -hmm. he turned around and he said, I'm getting my rage out. And I said, your rage at what? And he said, you know, his father. And I just walked back in the house, grabbed my purse, you know, put on some clothes, brought him a t-shirt And I said, let's go. He said, go where? And I said, we're going to find a place to live. Mm -hmm. Um, We got in the car. I drove to an apartment complex. I put down a deposit and the apartment wouldn't be available for three weeks. I came home. I told my husband we would be leaving in three weeks. And and that was that. Um, Mm -hmm. That was the end of my 22-year marriage. Um, And I think, you know, I tell that story because what really struck me about it is my own misery and suffering, which was also affecting the family and the children, obviously hadn't been enough for me to end the marriage. And it was that episode with my son that finally told me I I had to take action. We could no longer stay in that situation. So that's how my marriage ended. I mean, marriages end for many different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, 
even marriages later in life, midlife marriage, but uh, often in the United States, it isn't unusual for substance issues to be involved. Mm. Um, and that's my case, but there can be many reasons. Oh, yeah, there can be very many reasons. And we hear of statistics in the US of uh, 50% of marriages ending in divorce. You may not be the one who initiated it. The other person, uh, person could be the one who initiates the divorce. So uh, even though you are not looking forward to it, uh, that time comes unexpectedly and you find yourself that uh, you've got to go through it and continue living. Now, having gone through the experience and coming up with this book, uh, let's believe that you have some wonderful lessons that you are going to share with the people. And you're going to give some of us here, some of them, because you never know. Someone out there could be listening and is waiting for you to tell him or her how to go about it. Now, go ahead and give us a, an insight into the book a bit. Uh, well, the book, again, you know, each chapter, the thing about divorce is that it impacts every single part of your life, mm -hmm. every what we call domain of life, from your physical health and mental well-being to literally your home. Usually someone's in a divorce going to leave the home. So you're losing your home. Um, money is involved, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I always say everyone loses financially except the lawyers. <laughs> There's tremendous. And the longer you've been married and the older you are, the more, you know, material, financial assets are at stake. So mm -hmm. it affects finances. It affects the children. It affects the home. It affects your even... Um, maybe your placement in the community, how mm -hmm. you're viewed, your relationship with the church and your faith. I mean, it impacts everything. Mm -hmm. So my book has a chapter devoted to each one of those domains of life to share and discuss and offer practical guidance, information, as well as inspiration on how to deal with and what to expect. Um, there are things as knowledgeable as I was, you know, from my occupation and all the literature I had read. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Knowledge is great, but it did not prepare me. There were still things I didn't really expect. And it didn't, knowing the research didn't help me cope. Mm. So... I put a lot in the book about different kinds of suggestions of how to cope emotionally, spiritually, you know, options for people and hopefully things that can help support them through their journey. Hmm. There's a chapter, and I think this is the first chapter that mentions about the challenges. Which challenges could those be? Oh, yeah, there are many. Um, that was chapter one basically talks a lot about the AARP, American Association of Retired Persons, mm -hmm. which is a huge organization in the United States that conducted one of the biggest studies and broadest studies on late life, midlife divorce. 
and outlined, they had thousands of participants and they published the findings of what people in midlife divorce, what were their greatest challenges? What are the primary reasons for divorce in mm -hmm. midlife? What are the greatest challenges people face? What are their greatest fears? And what I really loved about it is it ended with what were some of the benefits, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because it is going to be challenging. It is a trial. It is difficult. I don't care who you are. It's going to be a tough road. But I loved that they also at least included some of the more positive aspects or possibilities mm -hmm. of how life can be improved and you can come out the other side okay. Yeah. <laughs> so chapter one, you know, I, I did, made that chapter one because I wanted people to know they're not alone. There's mm -hmm. no way if you're going through it that you read that and you go, oh, all these other people had the same fears, the same challenges. And then, you know, says, oh, and all these people say there is an upside, you know, <laughs> there's life after divorce. So mm -hmm. now you give your story and I'm wondering, uh, because you talk about the challenges and how you introduce them in the book. Uh, do you also have some other case studies that you point out that maybe an experience, another experience of someone else or something like that? Um, yes, I in the one chapter on um, that I talk about how to prepare for future relationships, I do tell a story of a gentleman that I knew, a friend of mine from years ago, who wound up married four times. Mm. Um, and I tell that story because it is not uncommon for people who divorce to remarry. And the odds of a divorce, at least in the United States, when you remarry a second marriage is about 75% chance of failure. So with each subsequent marriage, the chance of failure increases dramatically. Mm. And the reason that's true, well, there can be lots of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons that's true is that if you end a marriage and you don't do your own personal work just on yourself in examining and looking at what role you played mm. in that relationship. I always used to tell my students when I was teaching, a relationship takes two. Mm -hmm. And I'll use my own marriage as an example. It would have been so easy for me to leave that marriage and say, well, I had to leave and end the marriage because he ruined it because he was an alcoholic. It's all his fault. And I could walk away and say, now that I'm away from that, I'm fine. I'm good. And I can just move on and find somebody else and have another marriage and I'll be fine. Mm. I knew nah, it's not a good idea because when you take that approach, no matter what the reason is, the marriage ended. Mm hmm and you don't look at your own role in maybe communication patterns, maybe how you dealt with conflict with the person, and you don't kind of take your own inventory and learn and grow from your piece in the demise, you're likely to repeat it mm -hmm. just with a different partner. 
And so I did weave in the story of the individual I knew that was married four times. And one night we went out to dinner together and I asked him to tell me about, you know, you're on your fourth marriage, tell me about that. And as he told the story, because we hadn't seen each other for decades, mm -hmm. when he told the story of all his marriages, each one, he told me how it was basically all their, the other person's fault. Mm -hmm. And, you know, very lightheartedly, after he had told the stories of what was wrong with each of these women and how th they were the problem, I kind of laughed and said, well, you know, the only common denominator in all those is you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know? you know, I said, what is it about you that you repeatedly took, you know, married women? Because the common denominator in each of their stories was they wound up emotionally unavailable okay. for different reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, and I kind of said, why do you think you're always picking, you know, women who turn out for one reason or another to be emotionally unavailable? Mm. And so I think that's an example of someone who's not doing their own work. Um, you know, I could certainly blame my ex-husband for so much of the difficulties in our marriage. But when I left, I had the hardest question I had to answer was, why did I stay for 22 years? despite knowing what it was doing to me, to the children. Um, and I had to look at how I reacted to a lot of things mm -hmm. that actually just added to the problem. Mm -hmm. I had a role in this cycle uh, in, a, in this marriage, you know, mm -hmm. and I had to really look at that. So, yeah, so that's another story I tell um, yeah. to bring to life what it looks like. And I do cite a lot of other research as okay. well in the book and mm -hmm. provide additional, you know, resources at the back of the book to go further uh, examine other sources of information as well. Mm. And from what I get from your story is like, uh, you never remarried again, did you? Uh, I have not, no. Mm. I've been single for 12 years. Um, and that's such a personal decision. I, I wouldn't say, you know, I say never say never. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never gonna say, you know, I'm never, I doubt I would marry again. Um, because I have to own that how I handled those 22 years, as much as the drinking played a role, how I reacted and responded was also very destructive. And as a consequence, I think for both my ex-husband and I, but I'll only speak for myself, so many things I had wanted for my life never occurred in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And for me, once I was out of it and recovering, I have been very 
devoted to living my best life. And for me, it was a long healing journey to do that. But mm. now I'm just, I'm having such a great time and I'm doing so many things I love. I'm open to relationship, but I'm not looking to get married. I'm looking to lead a fulfilling life. And if love comes along, you know, wonderful. If it, you know, if it doesn't, I'm good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I've dated, I think through the 12 years, I've gone on only a few dates, maybe no more than half a dozen with each with four different men. Mm -hmm. So I have done, and they were delightful men, wonderful men. Mm -hmm. But it, it, I don't know, you know, there was nothing wrong with any of them. They were lovely men. But at a certain point, I was too busy writing, traveling, do, doing, and, and I wanted to be, I had this bucket list of things I wanted to do in life and it's kept me very busy. So I, I don't know why it didn't turn into a love relationship, but you know, I'll say I'm open, but it's not a goal of mine. And I've worked with other women that I've coached through their midlife divorce for whom that is a goal. Mm -hmm. and, and that's great. And then I'll work with them again on preparing for a healthy, fulfilling love relationship. Mm -hmm. I'd say with the women I've worked with that divorce later in life, I, it's about 50-50. About 50% really want to find another love relationship and about 50%, you know, fall like me and they're like, that's not a priority that they have all these other things that are a priority at that point. And part of me says marriage, then they're done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get it. We hear it from you. You've been there <laughs> that and come out and say, okay, it's over. Now to everyone or anyone who's coming right now, we are at book talk and we are discussing the book midlife divorce recovery by Dorothy Welty. And um, she tells us that, uh, just as you had, if you did, that 75% uh, of remarriages end up in divorce. That's, the, that's from the statistics, but it doesn't have to. If you are divorced or if you come to that point where it's you say it's, it's over, but you are thinking of starting again, then you can always, uh, Look inside yourself, look and, and have a coach. Dorothy does that. Have a coach to help you see where she went wrong and look at where you're going wrong and work things out so that you can reduce that percentage if you get to keep going. And yeah, we, we thank you for writing the book and uh, sharing your experiences. Earlier on in the book, you mentioned about three journeys. And I was curious, what, what do you mean by three journeys? Yes, I think that, and, and this is purely me, I also mentioned that early in the book, that I think it's important for people in the situation to realize they are on, when you're going through, and this is anybody going through divorce, mm -hmm. whether you're older or younger, you're on three different journeys when that 
divorce begins, that process mm -hmm. begins. One is the journey of the legal process. You know, getting a legal divorce and all that involves lawyers and paperwork and judges and courts and all that kind of thing. You're also on a journey of grief and loss. Um, everyone loses in divorce, again, in many ways, emotionally, financially, you know, everything. Um, so you're on a grief and loss journey. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, and I think sometimes this is the one that gets put to the side. You're also on a journey to create a life after that divorce is over. Mm -hmm. So basically transitioning your life. And sometimes people forget about that third journey because they're, again, they're going through such emotional loss and grief. They're so overwhelmed with the legal process. And sometimes they kind of neglect that third journey until the divorce decree is signed. And then they wake up going, oh, well, what now? What do I do now? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think coaching can help with is a coach recognizes you're on these three different journeys all at the same time. And it's important not to neglect that last one. And while you're grieving, while you're doing all this legal and going through all that, you're also envisioning and working to plan and envision your life after divorce so that you're not, when it's all over, getting up in the morning going, oh, well, what now? Yeah. Okay. That's good to know that. And um we really appreciate uh, once again for coming and helping people who will maybe they have found themselves there already or maybe sometime in the future they will find themselves there and they will remember oh dorothy oh the book let's go and read it let's <laughs> let's, let's get some tips let's get an idea of how to deal with with all of them and um in at the end towards the end because you come and mention all these things, the financial, the relationships, and uh, I know you give a lot of tips and ideas there, how to go about it and come out still shining, still sober. <laughs> <laughs> but then you talk about some uh, obstacles and objections along the way. What are these? Well, the, uh, you know, one of the biggest ones is you know what we talked about before thinking that all you need is the divorce to be happy if, if you've been unhappy in a marriage and whether you're the one who petitioned for it or not so often people think all i need to be is done with that and i'll be fine and that's kind of people who take that approach have a lot more difficulty i think if they're not realizing that it's not, when it's over, it's not over. That's really when it's just part of the issue. Um, I always say a divorce, I think, is an incredible opportunity for your own personal development. Mm -hmm. And I think the sooner someone can realize as hard and challenging as it is, that it's also an opportunity 
they're going to survive. They're going to come out the other side better than those who think it's just a hurdle they have to go through. And as soon as the divorce is final, everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Patterns of thinking are a huge obstacle to people's recovery. Um, There's something called a divorce hangover. And it really is a term in the research. And that is what we find when people, though they're divorced, they remain very stuck in their resentments and very involved with their ex-spouse and the issues. You know, just because you divorced them doesn't mean you don't have issues. You know, I mean, my ex-husband is also my son's father. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, whether you get a legal divorce or not, you're sort of bonded for life, like it or not. And if a lot of people, though they're divorced, will be so stuck in and don't necessarily do a good job of redefining the relationship with their ex so that they can move on in that relationship in a healthier way, that's an obstacle to finding fulfillment when forever ends. So there are certain things that if they aren't addressed, they're really going to get in the way of finding fulfillment. Hmm. And now, since you mentioned about uh, being attached to your ex, I discovered that uh, in your book is dedicated, has a, your ex has a part in the dedication of your book. <laughs> I'm like, Tell us how how do you how did you come to decide that she is gonna be among the people dedicated to? Well, you know, because I do, I I I came to the point where I had to embrace my own responsibility Mm -hmm. in the demise of the marriage. And in doing so, and then embracing that though miserable and difficult, my divorce journey was this incredible opportunity for me to work on myself and make myself a better person. Part of me owes that to him. I, you know, and even though it didn't work out for forever, Mm -hmm. um, there's many things I take away from the time we had together that are positive, you know, Mm -hmm. and I choose. So obviously I can't put on him that I chose to take that journey with him. I can't put on him that if I, and I was unhappy in pretty much the entire marriage, Mm -hmm. but I can't put that all on him. I contributed to the misery and unhappiness equally in different ways than he did. And, you know, it's, it was my opportunity to learn and grow, improve myself and, and work on myself. So I thank him for that. Hmm. Yeah. Whatever it is that you are going through, uh, there's always that positive aspect that you can pick from the experiences and you, And whatever it is that you encounter along the way, even if it's you who initiates this or it was done to you, then I I can get it from Dorothy right now that uh, she's advocating for you coming out with a sober mind and coming out 
still shining as you and moving on with your life and uh, being a positive person in life. That, that's how I get it. Yeah, and, and carrying bitterness and resentment with you, you know, it only hurts you. You know, mm -hmm. if I choose to be bitter and resentful towards him, I, you know, it's not affecting him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so forgiveness is a huge part of it too. Forgiving myself. Yeah. Forgiving him for his role and, and taking inventory of the lessons learned that I think had us both come out better the other side. He did, by the way, you know, I do want to say four years after the divorce, he did choose to become sober. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you know, obviously, I don't want to speak for him, but clearly, and I know that's improved the quality of his life. So it was a journey for both of us, and we had different lessons learned, but uh, we're still parents to two sons and now two grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, yeah, healing and forgiveness is part of what's necessary so we don't pass on all that bitterness and all of that stuff to our sons and their children. Hmm. Wow, uh, it's been such an episode hearing about your book. If uh, whoever is watching or listening has found us going, this has been the book we've been discussing on this episode at Book Talk. Midlife Divorce Recovery by Dorothy Welty, Finding Fulfillment When Forever Ends. And uh, we've come to the end of the episode. And uh, I know there could be someone uh, there interested, although we are sharing, we've already shared the link to the book. Yeah, so if you want the book, go to the description and click and it will take you to Amazon. But maybe I'm thinking right now, maybe there's someone who wants to follow up with you for the coaching part that you just mentioned. How can they connect with you? They can connect with me at uh, DorothyWelty.com. And okay. my services are there and my clients can download the book for free. Um, yeah, and I don't want, you know, if someone can't afford the book, I, I, you know, they if they contact me through the website, I'll provide it for them for free. Like I say, this is a labor of love and a service I provide. And um, so I'll, if they can't afford the book, I'll give it to them. If uh, they need help and assistance to get through their divorce, that's what I do. Mm, that's very kind of you. Yeah, so well, once, it's it's a tough journey. It's a tough journey. Uh, we understand. So once again, go to DorothyWealthy.com and connect with her as you go and get the book too. And uh, that's about it on this episode of Book Talk. And uh, we thank you for coming to our show. Well, thank you, Anthony, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to hear. Before you go, which few words would you like to leave with us? There is a happily ever after. You can find fulfillment when forever ends. You really, really can. Embrace it. 
as an opportunity to learn and grow, that journey never ends in life. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. And we also thank you, our viewers, our listeners. Go get the book, go connect with Dorothy. And that's about it. This has been Book Talk at Bookplace. I've been your host, Anthony Murore. And together with our guest today, Dorothy Welty, we are saying bye for now. Bye. Bye bye.